0: randy barkley is a california life insurance agent california license number zero five one eight five six seven advisory services offered through tricord advisors incorporated tricord advisors inc is a registered investment advisor now here's randy Barkley. welcome to retirement
1: unlimited this is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money i'm your host randy barkley i'm here with jeremiah lee And we are with Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm, and we're located in Riverside. I'm a certified financial planner, as well as Jeremiah Lee is also a certified. And he's also, in addition to that, he's an attorney, and he helps our clients with not only their advisory services, you know, financial and stuff, but also legal, depending upon what their circumstances are. If you'd like to know more about our firm, what I would suggest you do is you go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com, or just simply call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. So every week, what we do is we divide our program into three parts. For the first part is what we refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now, in the first segment of the radio program today in retirement update, we're going to talk about something that, you know, it, Jeremiah, how do you, how do you set it and forget it when Mm -hmm. it comes to income? I mean, how do you just buy a portfolio? You're thinking you're going to make these certain selections and it's going to provide you this income. You can't do it with CDs anymore. CDs pay insulting interest. Bonds are at almost, you know, high grade bonds are like what, 1% or less. Mm-hmm. And how do you, how do you do that?
2: Right. How do you doing? A lot of clients, I guess, coming up with that, that question to say, I don't want to lose my principal. Right. I don't want to have to just sell off stocks to, to provide for my daily life. I'm in retirement. I want to, I have this chunk of money. I want to invest it in such a way that it just pays me every month. And I can live the rest of my life. And it used to be that bonds was the ticket. That was that was the main planning You can structure
1: idea. like a 60-40 or a 50-50 portfolio bonds to equities, and you pretty much have the income and the cash flow, and you'd have some equity side to it, right? That's right. Yeah.
2: The bonds are pushing out monthly income and the equities would be growing over time. So you, right. you'd have a growing portfolio. But but bonds have not done well. And we saw in 2020 that bonds not only did they not you know, produce the income but, but they fell just like everything else did the, the classic they knowledge they,
1: so in our language is what we refer to as correlation so they were not non-correlated they were very correlated to equities they're very sensitive to the economic sensitivities i guess or the risk levels yep as stocks went down bonds went down and, yep. and people would have thought they'd be the the opposites
2: you know as the equities are going down the stocks are going down that bonds would be floating up to the top and, and they didn't and there's a lot of reasons why we won't get that today but um, because of that, you know, moving forward, people say, what am I going to hold? I'm,
1: I'm retired. I'm 80. I have this chunk of money. W- what do I do with it? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the people even le- even younger than that, just stepping into retirement. Mm. And they've built up this nest egg. And they're thinking, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, everybody is telling them that interest rates are stupid low, that risk is high, values of everything is higher. What do I do with my money? And yet they have to invest their money. They can't just let it sit in the bank because there's investment risk in the bank, too. Yep. I mean, you're going to have inflationary risk. That's right. So your and, earning power drops. And
2: it's not producing anything. So, one thing that we've turned to, and many people have turned to, is not just bonds. Or, you know, the classic stocks, but but specific stocks that are dividend paying stocks. Right. Stocks that are high quality. They've been around for a long time. And they're not the growth stocks. They're not the tech stocks that you see that are, you know, having these massive returns each year as far as growth. We have to sell
1: the stock to acknowledge that. These are ones that are pushing out dividends every year. And the danger that you get with a lot of funds, let's say like an index fund, exchange traded fund, is a lot of them are loaded up on the growth stocks. Yeah. And not to say that they, you shouldn't have some growth within your portfolio, but they don't pay any dividends. And there's more of an emphasis of those kinds of stocks within that fund that you may not even know about. Yeah. So what, what
2: are I mean, what are dividends? Do you have examples of what are what are dividend stocks that that some people could hold?
1: Well, again, I think, uh, you know, AT&T and you've got your a lot of your energy companies mm-hmm. have. um have dividends there are some like procter and gamble farm pharmaceutical companies and such as that but you have to be very careful because even the dividends they throw off might be attractive three to four maybe even five percent or more you have to look at the total return the total return it's like a lot of i I see these i hear these ads on the on the radio about some real estate investment that will throw off a 10 percent rate of return you peel back the onion. Mm. And what they're doing is they're giving the equity back to you. So mm. it's not really a true 10% return. They're just returning some of the equity that you put into mm. the investment to make up that 10%. Maybe their return is much less than that. Maybe it's like three or four or 5%. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So you have, you have all these factors. So we believe uh, it's in a lot of conversation in our office, but we believe that you should look towards a total return not just a interest only or dividend rate of return. So you take into account equities, but you want to have some growth with that, don't yeah. you? As part of the holistic view, and there's some stocks, we'll just see an example like Microsoft
2: this last year. Microsoft pushes out a decent dividend, right? They're a well-established company. They've also had some great growth. You know, they're still in the tech field. So they are a stock that has you know had the growth side and the dividend side in in one in one stock. And often what we look at is is you know, not the we look holistically to, to the whole right. portfolio to say, do you have capital appreciation? If the stock market goes up, will you benefit from that? Now, at the same time, will you receive this monthly flow of income that your your pool of assets is taking care of you? It's paying for you. One my I think is really just is things interesting is psychologically, it's easier for most people to stay invested um, and stay the course if they're receiving those dividends, right. they're receiving these monthly income. So building that into a portfolio, one can help you with cash flow, but also is psychologically good for them. They don't feel like they're selling things. They don't feel right. like they're losing principle. They make good investments and those investments are paying with them. Even though there's, you know, there's both the, the equity growth, as well as the dividend payments. We want to look at all of that together. That's why. Another aspect we, we get is these alternative investment
1: ideas. Wow. Wow!
2: Yeah. <laughs> and people will say, well, what about, you know, I want to do better. Yep. I want to do different. I want, I want something more.
1: There, there's a better, there's a better mousetrap.
2: Yep. And, and often what they mean when they talk about um, alternative investments is, is, um, you know, farmland investments and real estate investments. And, and a lot of these hedge funds, hedge funds, yeah, uh, private equity funds. They're buying businesses and they're, like you said, they're building a better mousetrap or they're just smarter than everybody else. So they magically make money. Right. And w- one of the things we were talking about recently is interesting is, you know, the, the good hedge funds and the good private equity companies are not looking for money. Right. They have people beating down their door, giving them money. Um, And and these are not the the mom and pop investors. These are funds that have hundreds of millions of dollars looking to place them in these. And and so some of these really good folks that you hear about that are doing a good job, there's a few issues with them one they're probably not that available because they are probably full and the other one is i I always look at this called survivor's bias you look at the existing hedge funds and they've all done great right but what you don't see is the other hundred hedge funds that have all gone out of business right they went belly up and and so when we talk about alternative investments it's uncommon risk it's a risk that is not easily
1: quantifiable when you compare it to other stocks and then the issue here in the timeline that i've been in business i've been in business now for about 40 years and i have seen Uh, investments come about. And most of these come through some story, something some individual person puts together that gives a tempting rate of return. And underlying, there's always the add-on that your principal is safe. Your principal is invested in bank holdings or is tied up with real estate. And we're going to give you this much higher income than normal investments give. And I, I have to tell you, if you're listening to somebody talking to you about this right now, your antennas ought to be going up really high right now. Mm-hmm. This is a warning sign. This is like flash red, DEF CON <laughs> 4, because every Ponzi scheme starts out with the same story. I've got this corporate. I've got this particular investment. I've got this lending thing, whatever it is, that will give you a higher rate of return than the market returns. And this is absolute danger. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very careful and tread you know uh, you just have to know what you're doing and if you don't stay away from it yeah. because as you said it's a matter of getting 10 percent or zero because mm-hmm. it could go down to nothing yeah. overnight yeah and a lot of that is, is based on
2: contract it's based on you know these complex structures that you know sometimes they're they're well structured because they're right. complexity. often they're just confusing and they're meant to be confusing um so for our clients you know we look at all this stuff we consider the alternatives but, but very often we're, we're keeping people in a tried
1: and, and, and well thought out and strategic portfolio that's gonna provide for them. And properly diversified with a, the with a risk uh, apparent, I mean, where it's supposed to be. If you'd like to know more about what we do and how we can help you design and to build a retirement income that gives you success, not only now, but for the rest of your life, give us a call. Phone number is 951-684-7011. Stay tuned for our next section. We're gonna talk about tactical asset management. So do we tell our clients to worry or not to worry? Is this a good time or a bad time for investing? It's the best of times. It was the worst of times. Right. <laughs> right? right. We we talk a lot. Are we at a yeah peak?
2: Are we at the beginning of a new normal? Uh, where are we? And you know, you think of a, a compass or a, you know, it tells you the direction or a map tells you the location. Um, you know, we're we're constantly watching a lot of factors trying to find out, but but where are we? What's the question? What's the future hold? And you make jokes with a lot of clients of, let me get my crystal ball out of my drawer so we can yeah. tell you. But the reality is, you know, we're looking at factors. Everyone's looking at factors in, in different aspects of the market. But, but sometimes what looks good doesn't turn out good in the market. What looks bad doesn't turn out bad. And we're in a bit of that.
1: Mm-hmm. And we told our clients in our last newsletter that this is a season where there's going to be some volatility. Valuations are high. There's a lot of factors that go into um, you know, interest rates, and bond market, as well as other political things that are going on, but the key factor—I mean, most of this comes down to—is the bond market. It's the interest mm-hmm. rates. Will the interest rates remain low, and will they still create the liquidity that companies and investors can be able to depend upon in the in the future? I mean, that's really a key part of it.
2: Yeah, and and how that changes. So the the Fed has come out numerous times saying, you know, we're, we're not we're not changing the interest rates. They're, they're staying there, and right. a lot of. You know the, the talking heads you see on the radio. They're forecasting that, that the interest rates will stay low. They'll stay reasonably low for the next year or so. But but the question is, you know, that should be good news. Great, all right, we have that stability. But we don't always see that in the market. We still see the chalkiness in the market despite you know powers that be saying we have some consistency
1: here. So let's, I mean, this thing that happened in China with this real estate developer, and they're concerned that they'll go bankrupt. And so I talked to people. I says, how does that affect? Why would that affect our stock market? Mm. And the bottom line is, is that when you price everything to perfection and that's kind of where we're at, we're at that higher valuation, there's always a concern. Is that what I don't know? And, mm. and obviously with this developer, is there more not only in China, but is there other parts of the world that maybe people have taken advantage of this cheap money and they've borrowed way too much and the leverage is too high. Will it come rolling back on us?
2: Right. And then that's the question, right? Are we standing with, sitting on the precipice of a drop? Right. And, and often we look at it, we, we, you know, are looking in the macro as well as the micro. And we see a lot of value in companies. We see a lot of good, solid earnings. We see a lot of good, solid um, distributions and growth. And, and so the question remains, you know, are, are the beginning of something new or are we at the the end of something great? Right. Um, and it's just a question. Um, yeah. you know, the answer is we have, we have thoughts on that. And, you know, we, we have ideas and we battle back in the office of, of where we're at. But, but ultimately, it, it's you know, probably being tactical right. is, is making changes, making adjustments to kind of ride the wave.
1: And I think, I think the key thing here is that you have to be tactical. You have to look at all the factors. Now, again, one of the comments that one of the economists that we work with and we have a high respect for, he said, you know, the, the, the bad news is good news. In other words, some of the key factors that we're looking at, uh, it's not all positive. There's some there's some negatives within that. But he said that also is good news because he said that is the signal to the Federal Reserve to keep interest rates low. They don't want to mm-hmm. rock the boat at a vulnerable time. And so I think we see interest rates continuing to stay low and his thought, and I, we have a tendency to agree with him because he is he is really a bright guy. He gathers, gathers information from a lot of resources and such, but he's saying that interest rates will be relatively low and it will w- go well into 2022 and it allow this consolidation to occur, mm-hmm. which is kind of going on right now in the marketplace. So again, I think the key factor is, where is your portfolio and how is it structured? Are you being tactical with it? Yep. And most people aren't, are they?
2: Yeah, they, they've kind of set something years ago and it's still there. Their yeah. advisor or themselves, they they made some purchases, they liked it. And that may have been a good portfolio 10 years ago. Um, but now things have changed. You know, it's right. got out of balance. We were even talking today about a lot of the portfolios that we manage of of you know as of today, we're happy with what we're holding for right. today's market. For today's and, market. and that's the important thing to say is you know, we don't know exactly what the future will be but we know that we have good, resilient assets in a lot of our clients' portfolios. We have good potential assets for growth. And so as of today, we're happy with it. And that's where we wanna be. We wanna be tactically content (laughs) with our portfolio kind of each day, you know, yeah. and making those needed adjustments. So that we don't feel, yeah, I bought that 15 years ago. I bought that 10 years ago and I just don't want to sell it because I'm
1: proud of how well it's done, Well, that's great. But we don't want to hold that as a trophy. We want to be tactical for today. And I think one of the key factors that we want to get across to the listening audience is that when we sit down and talk with a client, we come up with a required rate of return. Our, you know, one of our themes is planning by the numbers. And the general market is oftentimes a lot different than what a client requires in their portfolio. If a client only requires maybe five or 6%, In their total return their net return to their portfolio that's a lot different than the overall general equity markets yep
2: and we can bring down the risks you know significantly to to meet that and often we talk i guess i find i I talk a lot more about risk than we do about the return right to say you know when 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 you have a day like earlier this week when the market really dropped you know our clients whatever portfolio they're in they should be able to weather that they should weather a drop like that because that's the way we we planned it from the beginning so when that comes they don't have to pick up the phone and call us. We know that they're in a good spot.
1: Yeah. And I went back and took a look at several of the portfolios the day after, kind of looked at it after the market dropped down. And, you know, the market dropped anywhere from 1.7 to 2%, depending upon what the what the sector you're in. But our portfolios generally was, you know, they were off maybe like 0.25, maybe, maybe a half a percent in some cases. And I had a phone call from a couple of clients saying, I was really surprised that it didn't drop more in the, you know, at, you know, what was happening with the general market. Mm -hmm. And I said, but that is asset selection and management. And so good quality assets typically are going to hold up a lot better. It won't, it won't mean that they are immune from a drop. I mean, Mm -hmm. they can drop down somewhat, but they're not, but they're going to be resilient when it comes to weathering this kind of volatility.
2: Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about building that, you know, that it used to be, used to, but often people use towards ETFs and mutual funds and say, I want to buy the whole sector. I I believe in tech, but we found lately, especially as we come out of 2020 and into 2021, that, that it's specific companies. They're going to be outperformers and underperformers and buying just the general market or buying an entire industry sector uh, may not be the best path forward. So we, we look to pick, you know, the, the the assets that we feel confident about
1: yeah stock selection is really really important so if you're just thinking about buying a cheap exchange traded fund you're probably taking on more risk than you realize now for a person who's accumulating who's just starting out investing it's a cheap and it's a very good way to accumulate assets but for the retired person somebody who's approaching retirement or in retirement you want to be much more selective about the risk what you're talking about jeremiah about the risk that you're taking on in your portfolio it's really important to understand risk and return, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people just focus on they go back and look at the five year, ten year, whatever the average rate of return has been on a particular fund or whatever. But going forward, right now we have a different dynamic going forward yep. with these low interest rates right now, don't we? Yeah,
2: we're in, a, we're in a, a risky spot, and we, you know, the next few months will probably be choppy, but the next few years also there's some uncertainty. Here. So we want to mm-hmm. have, and what we've we've transitioned ourselves to be holding assets we're very comfortable with. We're very yeah. comfortable with these assets as we look to the end of 2021 and into 2022.
1: And companies companies clearly are going to make changes within their structure in order to make a return and give shareholders a rate of return. What we want to do is be one of those shareholders and to help you become one of those shareholders too that get the kind of return that will give us the rate of return over the long haul to be able to have the kind of enjoyment of your assets and the income from your assets and the growth of your assets that would be best for you. If you'd like to know more about what we do and how we do it, uh, I would suggest to you that you give us a call. The first interview is always free. Phone number here is 951-684-7011. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about news you can use.
0: It's triple eight six two seven eighty three seventy one retirementunlimited dot org. Advisory services offered through TriCord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade member FINRA SIPC MSRB. AM590, the answer. Welcome
1: back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as News You Can Use. I was looking through, you know, again, Jeremiah. You know, I'm always looking through the newspaper and pulling out articles that we can share with our listening audience and with our clients. This one here is a uh, report from uh, Wall Street Journal. Actually, it was done back in January, earlier this year, and it says, "15 personal finance lessons we can all learn from a pandemic year." Mm. Wow! Don't you love somebody that comes back after the fact and says, "These are the things you should be doing." Mm-hmm. But these are these are some pretty pretty neat things, aren't they?
2: Yeah. Well, these are things I think that people will learn from, and this generation may not um, struggle with this again. We'll see. Right. But but things that get uh, kind of ground into you that you learn. So one of them, I think, was just initial is uh, a bad things happen, (laughs) your rainy days occur. And, you know, people always know that they're supposed to have an emergency fund. They're supposed to have a will and kind of a estate planning set up. They're supposed to have life insurance, but those are not fun items to talk about. However, we've had so many clients that have benefited from having those items, having those in place. So, you know, when when the skies are are sunny, is the days to set those up. So when you have the rainy days, you're, you're ready.
1: Yeah. I think like, I mean, there's several, I mean, there's 15 of them here, but one of them says your personal finances reflect your values. And so oftentimes you go down and you take a look and you see how people spend their money and you see their how their budget is all set up. And we try to tweak that and try to understand what is necessary versus what is in which is discretionary. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how much you can change or you can alter the, the path of of retirement just by changing a few little things without without disrupting. You know, you're not disrupting the entire life cycle uh, lifestyle of somebody, but, you know, just trying to help them a little. bit. Yeah. Way. One of them on that same note is we
2: can be financially disciplined. It talks about that. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people made a lot of hard choices and really did well. I mean, we were, right. and I'm mean, just the financial aspect, but people, you know, manage work calls, they manage ch- caring for children, they manage budgets, you know, so many people who didn't like budgets, put themselves on a budget <laughs> put themselves on, on know, budget. and, and right. we, it, kind of the sentiment of we can do it. And if, if you know, retirement, we always encourage people to really visualize their retirement and make steps to get there. And the more you can visualize where you want to get to, it's that motivation to make those hard choices
1: now. Yeah. You know, one of the comments that says one of these, this time is different, not, Hmm. and uh, there's always been times that you'll go through financial um, chaos, maybe, or just unnerving with what's going on out there. A lot of times people just kind of put their head in the sand and they, they don't come back up until months later. And they're just hoping that everything turns out okay. Um, But again, you have to be very careful about it. And having a three bucket strategy makes a lot of sense. You know, Mm -hmm. we talk about emergency funds, But it's really, really important to have enough money set aside so that you can get through a real crisis, a job loss, disability, uh, economic downturn, just letting your money sit there for a while. And you pull from the savings account instead of pulling from your investments, allow your investments to kind of regrow, so to speak, and get back up. Mm -hmm. It will recover. I can promise you that, folks, no matter what happened. It did in 2008. It did in 2000. It did in, you know, back in 2020, we will see recovery whenever there's a downturn.
2: Maybe the last one we have time for it is is kind of buying it, buying when people are scared. There's so much (laughs) fear in the market. Um, is this the bottom? Is the end? I mean, we we had clients who bought near the near the bottom of the market, and you know they had 40% returns in 2020. It was phenomenal. Um, but they had to be very brave, and they had to know what their finances were, knew they had enough, and they said, "I I have an opportunity here to when everyone is is losing their minds to to really step in." So, um, a few items that people can can tune up their their personal finances as we look forward.
1: So anyway, if you'd like to have a copy of this article, this article is is basically just saying lessons you've learned from the year of COVID. And it's it's just good practical information. Just give us a call at our office. It's 951-684-7011. Or just simply go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. And we'd be more than happy to send out this information to you. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and
0: knowledge.